We were going to do this episode in Spanish, but that's all I got. Brad, you, you hit us up with the next bit. Bueno, pues nada. Hoy tenemos un invitado muy especial. Ay, fuck you, fuck you. Una puta. Uh, how are we doing? Has a lot happened in the last 12 hours since we, we last spoke? Uh, yeah, I just received this morning. I got a, an uh, alarm from the the doorbell because I just received my my prize Ooh, for coming the second. Doorbell alarm. Yeah, I just I just received my prize for coming second in the Spanish middle distance catching features championship. Oh, damn! Hello, what are the prizes? What is the prize? It's cheese and a bit of chorizo. Ooh, lovely. Yummy, yummy. Nice vegetarian meal for our main man. Yummy. <laughs> what are you going to do with the chorizo? Is Ariel vegetarian at the moment? Yeah, she's also vegetarian. So we're going we're gonna give to give some of our friends the chorizo and say it's like a going away present. And we bought it ourselves. <laughs> uh, does it look real expensive? It looks pretty fancy, to be honest. Like, yeah, sweet, sounds perfect. Your friends are gonna eat it up, literally and figuratively. <laughs> and you, what? Anything exciting happened in your day in New Zealand? Oh yeah, just been reading my book, ran a virtual three k, made some lunch, made some dinner. Well, actually, I also made breakfast since uh, I was talking to you. So, whoa, busy day, busy day. Damn. Yeah. How was the 3K? How was the 3K? Oh, you lost me from... Okay. Yeah, the 3K was grand, anyway. It was... Uh, could have been a bit quicker, I feel like, but... Uh... Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to muster up good times in the solo time trial, eh? So yeah. I was just like trying to set off at 3.15, started off a little slower, and anyway, got into it around like 9.54. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
can't complain. But uh, yeah, just hard to compare to a real race, isn't it? Yeah. The weather's not looking too nice in Christchurch. Uh, no. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's on, a, on attack point, it says 10 degrees. Oh, fair. 10 degrees ain't bad, man. <laughs> We're in the middle of winter here. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a ski path the other day, actually. Oh, nice. So, Is there snow uh, on the mountains? No. <laughs> but the sale ended and I was like I want to like if I'm going to get a ski pass I want to do it as cheap as possible so I was, just did it right before the sale ended and was like please lord let the snow come in time uh, nah there'll definitely be snow just how good it'll be and stuff uh, who knows but I should get a decent month skiing maybe so nice. first focus is to learn how to ski backwards then we'll move on to the 360s and the flips <laughs> The backwards thing is realistic. The other stuff, oh fuck no. The anyway. flip, you could do a flip. Mate, I can't do a fucking flip on a trampoline. Never mind on skis. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, good times, good times. Oh, we actually do have a little bit of orienteering news at the moment, but maybe I'll uh, I'll bring our guests in for a say and we can discuss stuff with them. Nice. Radio. Who's it going to be this week, Bradley? I don't know. Nobody knows. That's the beauty of it. What a surprise. What a game we have here. Keep you on your toes. We did go through this exact situation this morning. And our guests never picked up. That's why we were speaking 12 hours ago, and like, they just never picked up. They just never came at all. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. Are they in now? I mean, this is looking like the exact same shit. Oh, no. Oh, no. They texted me telling me they were ready. What to do, what to do, what to do. And it's like, it says there, like, this is a mess. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, stopped trying to call them, but I can't call them again now because I've tried to add them to the call and they're like in the chat. Uh, oh, no. Remove them from the chat. <laughs> All right, I'm ringing again. It actually, after a while, said, oh, hello. Oh. Oh, there we go, there we go. <laughs> How's it going? Welcome. Good, good. We tried to call you <laughs> again, you. didn't get an answer. And we were like, not again, not again. <laughs> it didn't ring on my Skype for some reason. Uh, anyway, for those wondering, this is Connor Short. How you doing, Connor? Too bad. How are you? You're still in Monica, are you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, I, uh, as you can see there, I have the lampshade on, <laughs> Pringles on the chest, <laughs> and uh, solid setup. Yeah, an amazing dinner. In bed. Dinner of champions. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I just can't beat it. I'm trying to put on a few, a uh, little bit extra fat because running this mountain race. Through-
<laughs> well, I think we've lost him. Oh, you got me now. Hello? Yeah, we got you now. Hello? Oh, you lost cool. me for a sec there. Um... <laughs> this is a shit show. <laughs> this is such a shit show. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm trying to run a few pounds apart because I'm running this mountain race the weekend and it's scheduled for heavy snow. And I'm like, ooh, a little bit wouldn't, wouldn't go miss. So uh, that's why I'm eating Pringles. Sorry. Oh, I'm blubber to keep you warm. Yeah, exactly. The a little bit extra fat burning too. Because <laughs> I probably won't bring food out there. Anyway. Not all about me. Better <laughs> guest. Yeah. Anyway, how are things uh, your end? Uh, within your 5k radius, Connor? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, we're lucky <laughs> that uh, we're in Sandyford, so we have the top of Ticknock to run to. Um, so actually, <laughs> I've really been enjoying the lockdown. It like suits me really well. I just like chill at home, do my... <laughs> What? Oh, just was going to say, it's fair to say that Brad's a bit of a fan as well, I think, no? Yeah, big fan. <laughs> it's just like, get to chill at home, do my work at home, or like the college stuff, um, I go for a run up the hill. It doesn't, it's like, there's not much difference now, except I can't get out further than, and tick knock and stuff, but as of Monday, I think, we're able to go to like, up to the hills proper, and it'll just be like, the same except college from home. Which is sweet. Nice. How is college going? Uh, yeah, it's really good. Um, it's really fun. The courses. I'm enjoying the course. Like, uh, we're just starting into our like um, dissertation thing over the summer now. Yeah. Uh, which uh, which should be cool. It's just like a like a group project thing. That ends in August. So, what's your favorite programming language? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be really boring and uh, just say Python. What was it? Aiden said scheme or something. I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really like Python. It's just so like simple and pretty and it's easy to use Python anyway. That's for sure. Yeah. Brad was thinking about doing uh, that course. Yeah. Yeah. Like when? Do it. It's sweet. Should I? Cool, I'm gonna submit my application now. <laughs> <laughs> Two. <laughs> but, it, but it's 30 grand, isn't it? Or like uh oh you need that Irish passport man. Yeah, I think it's 30 grand for like foreign shit. That's a lot. Which would be wanna... a lot of money to recoup. They need they need foreign students next year because they need to make their money. Because of people coming in, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is how Brad originally like. I was like, oh, you should do this course in uh, the end of the ground and like class. You'd be in Ireland. Hey, I love it. And he was like, oh, it's quite a good idea. And I, you know, I was selling it, and he was like, oh, like that stuff could be of interest to me. And then he looked into it and saw the price, and it was like, oh, fuck that, Jesus. I don't know, student loan. I could I could just get a nice student loan to pay off for the rest of my life. Yeah, it's free. <laughs> yeah. It'll still be like, what, a fifth of the price of an American student loan? It's yeah. insane over there. But uh, I guess, there's some, there's, you can, I don't know if it's cheaper. There's like a HDIP thing as well. 
what? Like is it a shorter system? space of time, but it's the same idea? Or? Uh, it's like you do the same first two semesters and then uh, uh, you do an internship instead of the project. But Oh, that's pretty good. But for Irish people, it's free. What? Fuck. That's class. It is class. I fucking wish I was Irish right now. I don't know if it's the same for, for foreigners. How do you spell it? Just like, even if you were just like Tim Chambers or something, you'd be sorted, which is like madness. Like, no. Does he have like a new passport? He's an Irish passport. Does he? No. Yeah. But you've got culture in your veins, Brad. So that's being cut. Oh, wait, no, you're the oppressors. Never mind. No culture in the oppressors. (laughs) I have zero culture. I'm not wanted in in any place. (laughs) <laughs> it's funny because it's kind of true <laughs> uh, um, on that note uh, anyway yeah should we move into a, a business end question I, we're going to get back into lots more non-business end questions too I'm sure sure but uh when you go, do you want to go through the? I don't know we'll go more. Uh, we'll go more broad. Do you want to describe yourself as an athlete, Connor, so the listeners know what they're listening to? Um, I am lazy. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I I I, I I I like orienteering. I find it difficult to just do the running sometimes. Um, but I've. Uh, I don't know. I've been running. I've been orienteering forever since I was a wee lad. Uh, done a good few jaywalks and walks and stuff. Uh, and I just want to orienteer. The run running is like cool, and I guess the hill running is fun too. But I just want to do the orienteering. Uh, and the running is just a means to an end to get better at orienteering. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> two people can relate to each other on this call <laughs> there's no there's no love of running bullshit that we do it for the no. love of running like <laughs> it's we had good times i feel like on various like maybe when brad was in ireland or we were both in norway or wherever <laughs> and brad is like I've just realized, Colin, you don't love the running either. You don't like starting the runs. You just run. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, no, I love it. And he was like, you don't fucking love it. <laughs> every you, you, don't, you, don't, Colin, you don't actually like love every minute of your runs. Oh, no, God, no. Like starting, like getting changed into your gear and stuff is never really that. Like, oh, so rough. Well, I mean, no, sometimes you are just really up for it. It's a lovely day, and or you, you're going to meet friends or whatever. But there are loads of runs where you're like not very keen to put on your runners and this sort of stuff. Do, do but it like, is that sort of thing, like, you always come back feeling better than before you left, you know what I mean? That is true. Um, well, had, and I've, I am like... a lover of the numbers, <laughs> if nothing else. <laughs> you just like looking at your attack pointer strap or whatever. <laughs> that is pretty satisfying, actually, to look at your like. Yeah. Uh, it is like too as that builds up you know, like I do appreciate yeah like 
putting together a consistent period of time and like noting, noticing yourself get fitter and then kind of starting to realize because like obviously all of us we trained well are pretty decent athletes we're not like top top athletes but yeah. <clears throat> just as you start to improve more you like actually it could be pretty good and then the kind of motivation spirals in the right direction i guess but sometimes i'm like out for a run even like it was hard to get out and then i am out and i'm just like i don't want to be here <laughs> i just keep taking <laughs> it's like what am i doing why am i oh, doing yeah. this any long run, any long run I ever did, I had to just do out and back because that's the only way I would like not cut it short. Because <laughs> at least when you're out there, it's just like, well, I have no choice but to go home now. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> but no, I do. That's I do funny too because I swear out and back runs are the worst. Like, the I'd worst agree with boring. that. Actually, like, getting out there is horrible. <laughs> like when you turn around, I need, I need like a, a, a place to go to. And then, like, I need to, like, just have set a route. And I'm like, cool, I'm just going to do this route. And then it'll be grand. Yeah, I'm real, like, in the mountains especially, I'm like, because a few, good to few of the New Zealand tracks here, it's like, you know, up a hill, back down the same way. But yeah. if you can make a loop, you're just like, uh, you never question cutting it short. I don't know, just like, this is the route. And you're like, oh, cool, get up there, get to that next bit. Yeah. Uh, not that you're ever really questioned cutting it short when you're going to a summit anyway, but yeah, yeah. I, I would find out and back stuff. Anyway, yeah. Running is not even so, good for your knees. Like, <laughs> it's you're not one of those bringing out this argument. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it's good for your heart and lungs and all that. <laughs> Brad's like, oh, I've just been staying inside during the lockdown because I think it's the thing that's best for me. <laughs> Exercise <laughs> is bad for my knees. Exercise <laughs> is not good for anyone and for anything. <laughs> yeah. But Brad's committed to me. He's going to get into a training camp in a couple of weeks. A training camp? Madrid. Yeah. Well, a Madrid training camp. Oh, he was, that, he also on head? our previous show earlier well like this morning for me last night for for you guys and yeah well connor didn't make it but uh he he invited anyone to come visit him in madrid <laughs> so you had a bit of spare time guys brad wants <laughs> to see you uh i'd change that invite to anyone who wants to come and chill in madrid maybe check out <laughs> some of the local bars just hang out you know but wait are the bars and stuff open uh, yeah, they just kind of opened up now for like, but only if they have outdoor seating and like 50% oh, capacity. Yeah, it'll still be ages before the pubs open here. Really? Yeah, that is a bit like, mad, isn't it? The pubs aren't open until like August, isn't it? Yeah, they're, and like, open, like, they're so much the better off in Spain. Fuck, that's crazy. But I guess we don't really have like outdoor seating here. Yeah. In pubs. Are they getting yeah, a load geez. of like government support though, or I don't know. To be honest, I wouldn't haven't really been following too much, but there they did. There has been a good bit of money. I don't know, like put into like funds for people who don't have work. But I yeah, but it's mostly like how much that's stuff. going to pubs and stuff. It, yeah, I just didn't really associate that with going to the pubs, but obviously it probably is. There must be some. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's a real shame. Well, I know the pub culture in Ireland, one of the, you know our biggest things, and uh, struggling at the moment. But I nearly, I like, I nearly prefer having sitting and chilling, having cans in the park than going to a pub. Oh man, I fucking love the pub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Colin was telling me a story, a story about how the other day he went out for drinks with a couple of people, and they had two pints, <laughs> and Colin had six pints. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that's true well it was I think it was five fuck maybe it was six yeah <laughs> this was <laughs> just the other night same time as they had their juice it's like uh, it was it was with Ben and Anne and a couple others oh, right. here in Wanaka and um, Ben and his mate Jamie were out climbing and uh, Anne had done this long run and I like last week had been trying to go do 10,000 meters climb in a week oh, and yeah. uh I'd like just finished that and Anne had done a long run and the others were still climbing and we were like oh we meet up for a, a pint or whatever and I was like well keen and Anne was keen so we about had a pint and I was probably just going through a little quick quicker and Anne was probably just more aware that like she wasn't on a session and I was not aware of that <laughs> so she took her time a bit and then the others came we had a pint with them and like another fella joined and we had a pint and every time there was like a potential round I was like yeah I'll have another but yeah no regrets anyway proud of my drinking heritage I guess was your round for like the the fourth round and you you bought brought back four beers and everyone was like nah (laughs) it was on like a tab so we all paid at the end too and then it was funny too because I I was just paying for five and they're like did you just pay for us all and I was like nope I had five pints <laughs> help uh, yeah probably I need help here we are that should have put uh, some a bit of weight on you for the weekend though oh yeah, oh, yeah with a bit of luck with a bit of luck See, we had this nice thing out in Christchurch because we were having dinner each evening and, like, not every evening, but... As in, no, we were having dinner every evening, but we'd have, like, a beer or maybe some wine most evenings, but only, like, one or maybe, like, two. Uh, but now I'm not having any with dinner out here. Uh, so then when I got a taste, I was like, oh, I got a taste, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, have, I do keep thinking about it but then I I went through a good streak early on of like I didn't have to show my ID in a shop in New Zealand for a long oh, time but then idea. they keep rejecting me and I couldn't really be arsed bringing in my passport just to have a yeah, few no. beers in the van to have by myself like, <laughs> yeah uh, so I will do it at some stage but uh, you look yeah, like 35 years old though <laughs> fucking dickhead <laughs> clearly not mate they keep looking at me it's probably because I wear those multicolored shorts and they're like jeez he must be young <laughs> uh, I do I would think now like me not not shaving not like I have a full grown beard or anything by any means but going in in my running gear like do I really look like I'm 16 years old to them yeah, <laughs> But uh, they reject me anyway, so I haven't 
And I'm also like, sure, it's probably no harm me not drinking that much. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. Probably better. Fuck, I'm going to sound like a ride alcoholic now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good times. Does, does anyway, Mary Connor, listen to the podcast. No, she doesn't. She doesn't. She uh, shouldn't even listen to the IOA podcast, and she's the chairperson of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was trying to get her to listen to a few of the early episodes, and she was like, "I will, I will. I just don't have time. I don't have time." And I was like, "You can listen to it at any point, like in the car, like doing housework, whatever you want." But. Uh, but she she does want to listen to the root line in one now, so That's I a think good one. she'll listen to that. Is it good to hear that yeah. you enjoyed? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Definitely interesting chatting. Uh, yeah, for listeners that don't know, root line is Connor's madre <laughs> or mother, uh-huh. and I interviewed her. So she forgot yeah. about me. Yeah, yeah. she did. She's. Uh, <laughs> We won't hold it against her. No. <laughs> but she didn't forget enough not to text me and tell me to insert it, and I like awkwardly put it in somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> what did she forget? <laughs> what? I asked her what, like, were there any uh, best results that stood out in her time as coach of the junior squad? And mm-hmm. she mentioned like um, a relay result in Italy. Uh, Roar was on the team and Neve Corbett's fourth at EOC and yeah. no mention of Connor's 25th at JOC and <laughs> <laughs> she texted me afterwards and be like I meant to say that uh, she did say something about 2012 and I was like oh yeah of course I'll just I'll put in some audio of myself saying Reef meant to say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah good times uh, yeah, do you want to talk us through your training at the moment, Connor? Then, or have you kind of given us a glimpse of it? I guess if in the lockdown, just running to the top of TikTok, <laughs> just every day up TikTok. And down. No, um, I have been stealing Johnny's uh training, I've been running with Johnny, uh, doing some like sessions with him. So, I think in, at the moment, I'm like, I got quite bad for the training when the lockdown started because I just got bored of running within the 2k. I couldn't get the like motivation like Roar did to run on every freaking road, but um, uh, since a couple of weeks ago, I have been trying to just like do for now get five days a week in and do like one flat session, one hill session, one long run, and then two you know sort of a seventy-ish minute run flat and then an easy run. Well, they're not even fillers. Very good. Yeah, and then. Hopefully now, we'll see how, the pro- I don't know how busy I'll be with the project, but apparently it's not that bad. But hopefully I'll be like, uh, cranking that up a bit more. I don't know if I'll go up to like huge mileage. It. I don't know if my, my I tend to get like real sick and I'm like, um, like I'm prone to cold and stuff. So if I'm a bit scared of doing too much and then having to like, I get a bit of a cough and then I have to self-quarantine for two weeks, it'll just be a pain. But we'll sure we'll see how we go over like the the project thing. Yeah. But it's going it's been pretty, going pretty well, I think now. You were so pretty fit before. Uh, no, before. it looks the last week or two. Yeah, hopefully I'll keep it up now. We'll see. Might just give up. Who knows? <laughs> I, I did yeah, I got good fitness oh. before uh, Christmas and stuff. Uh I think just I think what I need is just it doesn't I don't need that big mileage to be pretty fit. I just need to like 
some kind of consistency for like a session and just you know solid runs most days a week yeah yeah so I maybe i guess fair, better yeah. if i do more i mean i i think you will but <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, I should probably put a ban on people coming on to this show and saying they can't handle high mileage. <laughs> well, I, I don't think. I don't think. I. I don't think. I, I don't think that it. you said that. In fairness, yeah. No, I didn't. I yeah, but I do agree as well in your situation that uh, you don't necessarily need it. I do feel like out of all the people that I've seen training, and lot, and uh, like most of the guys get fit off whatever mileage 60 80k or, or four or five runs a week doesn't have to be in terms of miles but uh yeah i don't know i think you go to another level of just that like that <laughs> that almost is the high mileage like uh yeah yeah but my problem when do you think is, you oh it was yeah my problem with high mileage is more like a mental one i just get uh i don't oh. know i don't enjoy it running enough to do like 100 miles a week <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> hundred miles is a fucking long way. Okay, hundred k. Yeah, no, I do get you there. Uh, you need to be in the environment where you have a group the whole time. Yeah, it you makes do. it easy to get out. If it's sociable, it's just so much easier. But at the moment, they're like, I have Johnny, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Right. We, we all know Johnny's a massive fan of hundred mile weeks, though. So. <laughs> hundred mile up. weeks. Yeah. He's a 140k guy. That's his number, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, in relation to that, Connor, we were kind of talking about how do you think you can get really fit off not massive amount of training, but like just consistently putting like five runs a week together uh, yeah. or whatever it is. When would you say you you were your fittest in uh, in life? Uh, just before Christmas there. Um definitely with regards to uh road running and stuff that uh, okay, the thing about us, 5k is like and then that 3k and um, were surprising to be honest but i think that just came off like just relatively consistent all through um kind of autumn time yeah and like sort of but also like in new zealand oh, well, going back like, to new zealand yeah march yeah. and through the summer and all that i think just a bit yeah, of consistency. very good. Nine months, basically, or however long it was. I don't know. Maybe it was longer than that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. There you go. Consistency pays off, kids. It does, it seems. Yeah. Interesting. And would you say that you were orienteering at your best? Um, yeah. Well, that's a different one. When would you say you were orienteering at your best? That's a funny question. My... Um... Like my best result. By the way, were, if I'm eating, can, can you hear me really loudly? <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't noticed. <laughs> I keep moving that earphone away, hoping that it's not loud then, because that's the one that has the microphone. <laughs> um, I think my my best result was like as a junior in 2012, but um, I don't know if I would. Yeah, we could definitely hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't eating then. <laughs> oh, I was. I was just testing whether you were ripping the piss or not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
Keep going, Connor. Sorry to interrupt weirdly <laughs> with my Pringles. The decorum <laughs> of this podcast is outrageous. You invite a, invite a guest over, and this is how you, you behave. <laughs> it's not been a good start to this week, shall we? <laughs> I actually have my half finished bowl of porridge beside me, which I have refrained from eating so far. Um, <laughs> Where am I? Uh, my best, my best result was in as uh, when I was a junior, but I don't know if I would say I was a better. That was Jay Rock, was it? Just to confirm. Yeah. yeah. Um. Cool. But like, it might have been like last year in Norway. Um. But I just didn't quite get the results then either. It's funny. Orienteering is a weird sport with the the mental side of it. I tend to uh, to make mistakes in the big races. Um, so like I might have been in better shape in like twenty sixteen say, but I don't think I was. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, fair. That's because I was kind of wondering that too. Because oh yeah, I just feel like you're an interesting one to follow in terms of when you're at your best shape because. Out of orienteers that we've had in Ireland, uh, it's not like you have a host of like top walk results or top, or even like heaps of Irish champs goals. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, you probably have three Irish champs individuals goals. Maybe I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I there have been times where I've been like, oh yeah, Connor is orienteering at a level that like is getting close to Nick, and nobody else is at that level. Uh, definitely that like well Jaywalk in 2012 the results were like yeah pretty much unbelievable the only person who's come close to that is Paul Pazina really in yeah. the sprint and he was 44th in the middle too which is good but you haven't had much replication of that in the forest anyway Um, and then yeah 2016 I feel like he just missed the middle final at EOC well I say just missed I think oh, that's yeah. in a minute that's I forgot um, like, about that actually. That's hard to make, you know. All the Nordic countries have six men each. Um, you don't have Africans running around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Taking up space. <laughs> that's they, yeah. So 2016 was the year after Edinburgh, and I was training there that year up until yeah. I started my masters thing. Um, so I think around uh, the start of the summer 2016, I was in pretty good shape as well. Yeah, no, I would agree with that too, yeah. I don't know if that, like, you know, you definitely actually still, because, yeah, that was the year we had Wuok too, and I don't feel like you had the best Wuok. I think no. you had a good relay. Which I had like, a good relay, but my long and middle. Went pretty well in, but, yeah, exactly. Which, um, so it's hard to say too much without an individual result really to reflect it. Or, but that's my, I, I yeah. just, I, I, I do funny things in my head at big races, Um I just get in my head, cool, here's a big race, I need to perform now. And then I was like, it all goes to shit. And it's still something I'm working on, I need to sort out. Yeah. Is, is there anything in particular that um, that you've like kind of used to work on to try and combat that? or? Um, I try to um, pretend small races are big races. So then it just feels like all races are the same. Yeah. I, yeah. At the start, I tried to pretend that big races were small races, but I just couldn't do that in my head. 
so I just tried to forget about all the crowds and stuff. But when like when you go out and walk and stuff, and there's there's like people sitting in every control, and when you make a mistake, it's just like ah, they're watching, they're watching me mess up. It's so horrific <laughs> in your head, and there's yeah. cameras, and like you you feel the GPS tracker on your back. Oh, it's, just, so it's bad. really hard to get out of your head. Um, yeah, ah, this is a great does... insight to have that. Yeah, I like. I've, yeah, so I've just been trying to pretend that smaller races are more like that, and has it worked? I don't know. I need to run more big races. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the other tricky thing with orienteering is like running. It's easy to make a small race a big race in that, like, you can pick some random five k and go smash out a good time, and you're like, oh, I don't know. At least I know I'm fit because I ran a good, good time. Uh, orienteer and you go smash out a long course in Donnerty and you're like yeah crushed everyone you're like yeah sweet uh, I don't know like who uh, Brendan Delaney was eight minutes behind me you're like I don't <laughs> yeah. have a fucking clue what that means yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like even if you're um, so... even if I was running against you and Roar and stuff and like say I beat you by a couple of minutes like what does that mean even like what level are you at you just have to be running international races. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This it. Even if I feel like I'm fit or I feel like I've gone well, there's just so many little things. You don't even know how much a person has really worked as well. And some people are good at picking it up and going a little harder for big races. And yeah, yeah. You just don't really get the best sense until you're running internationally. I kind of re- or well, nationally too. You can definitely make Irish champs and stuff feel a bit more serious. But yeah, you can. Yeah. But I agree. I think you are right about that because there's no way you can go to walk and um, well, it's just very hard to stand on the start line and be like, oh, this is just a normal local race when yeah. everybody's silent for the five minutes <laughs> that you're in the start boxes. Some guy's got a hand on your shoulder and won't yeah. even touch the map. And yeah, like then you're seeing all these people in white t-shirts hiding behind a bush and you're like, <laughs> shit, I'm near a control. But what? I wasn't expecting to be. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. And it's hard to replicate that, but yeah, if you can make every race a big race, that probably is a, a good way to go about it. But like you say, still probably more to go on it. Yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, seems like a fitting way to go into. Uh, yeah, well, like, what do you uh, what do you want out of the sport? You know, you're retiring in ten years. Am I? Okay. What do you want to have achieved? I would your like knees to... are gone from all that road running. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to go to go to walk, get in like the middle final, and then have a race in the middle final that I'm just happy with, where I'm like, I did my best. I was I don't even want it to be a perfect race. I was like I had relatively clean, I felt fit, and I like felt like I could use all my fitness. I didn't feel tired or anything. That's like an aim yeah. for the moment. So if you were last and you felt the race had gone well, you'd be content? Like? I think so. I think I'd have to be. And then yeah. obviously then it's like, cool, I need to get uh, do more training to get a better result. But I think until I can do that, I can't get a better result. with them bringing back the qualification too it really changes things in the sense that like 
none of us are at that level, but there is a sense of like you need there's two rounds to the middle distance again, you know, and you need to just get through the quality and then do your best in the final. Now, yeah. obviously, for us, it's just race all out and try to get through the quality. But, yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. It does bring, like, it makes it that bit harder whereby you can get through the quality and now have a good race in the final, but you did race all out yesterday or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, so just all the guys who are a bit fitter, like, you could you could conceivably be last and have a good race in the final. I mean, we're talking to um, last place at the 2019 middle distance final right now. <laughs> Brutal. Were you last, bro? <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. No, there was a guy at DNF. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Solid. Um, yeah, no, apologies, Brad. Didn't mean to be brutal led. But, but the point of it was that you made the final, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. According to the rules, I made the final. <laughs> oh. The South African protests came in hard. <laughs> that when when my dad messaged me telling me that there could could have been a mess up with the first the first people who qualified and he was like you should protest it because I think you should be in the final I was kind of like ah but do I really want to you know <laughs> yeah yeah I get that yeah but you got to run in the final and it's another big race some more experience for Bradley yep. Yeah. Connie, oh, you, yeah, had a, no, you had a good like quality though up until a certain up point. Until a certain control. Um, yeah, that was a. <laughs> I don't know. I felt like to have a chance of qualifying, I just had to go. Well, okay, a bit of it was mental. I was like, "Fuck, this is a big race. I want to make the final." Um, and I felt there was like a slim chance, and because of that, I went out really hard. And I, I also knew that to make the final, I would have to go out really hard. So I went really hard, and then it just after. I don't know how long it was, probably about 20 minutes. I remember it was just after running up a big hill as well. My brain was just gone. And I just just couldn't orienteer anymore. Yeah. I made a big four-minute mistake. Um, so so I'd say you put maybe that a little bit down to mental, but it's it, maybe not at the same level as some of the previous issues you had? or Yeah, I think so. I think like part of it was a conscious choice to run a bit fast. Um to try and just have a go at it but part of it was the same thing coming back yeah which i think you're right about by the way like if you're in there and you know it's touch and go you have to give it a go you have to take a risk yeah you you do push. it's hard too because you're like ultimately you just have to have the best orienteering race you can have and like if you're pushing really hard and you know you're not orienteering enough obviously that then you're like well okay maybe it's a bit silly but you just have to go I don't know you have to do as much as you can to be try and be as fast as possible so yeah. pushing that extra bit hard was probably it you know yeah yeah oh. I couldn't pay off that time but uh no but more experience as you say exactly so hopefully I can build on that in the Czech Republic yeah, so that'd be the big aim at the moment, Czech Republic. Uh, yeah, I think so for now, anyway. Because um, that should be sweet terrain. I was like, I had yeah, my eye on the lot this year because I've been running well on the roads, but I think, yeah, the forest is where it's at for me. None of this sprint specialist nonsense. 
Yeah, fucking <laughs> class. We've got a couple of forest boys on. Nice change. <laughs> yeah. Nah, yeah, cool. Um, it's all about Czech Republic. Pity we missed the boat on um, training seriously for, you know. I'm not sure I agree with John. has gone. Yeah. I think for, for me, for orienteering, it's like if I'm. Yeah, if I was like in Czech Republic now, I don't think I need to have gone to Czech Republic last year to have any chance of Czech Republic next year. Um, I think like it would be good to go now, obviously, but I think it would also be fine to go in like spring next year, as long as I'm doing some orienteering consistently, kind of over the winter and leading up to the to the actual competition to like just do a few training camps, even like you know a few months before and then a few weeks before. Also, just depends on what you want. No, nah, yeah, I, I agree. But yeah, you're one of those people that can get fit quick, so you don't need to have 140Ks <laughs> for the past, like, six months or whatever. Yeah. That is definitely related to, like, what you want as well. Though. You know, maybe you do need 140K if it's not possible to make the A final in your current fitness or whatever. Yeah, true. But, yeah. No. Also, maybe you can make it on the way you're going. So, yeah, this is it. Expectations, I suppose. Yeah. Names. Um, but I, I'm on the same page as you. I think I can get like, like, ultimately the the like where I fall down for me isn't as much the orienteering. Like, I'm definitely not like the top orienteer at the international races, but it's the physical side nearly yeah. always that I'm mostly bleeding time. Yeah. Um, so I would be more focused on that through the winter and like try and get orienteering in when you can and basically do as much as possible in the spring and lead into the competition. So that's kind of what I tried to do in Norway and felt like it was relatively effective, but uh, not effective enough to make the team. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you definitely do see yourself improving in like orienteering in general and in that sort of terrain really quickly so yeah i'm on the same page we can hold off for a wee while <laughs> yeah free training camps hopefully yeah that would sound lovely to me connor we'll make some plans sweet um so now yeah. colin, Do... colin brought up colin brought up his most disappointing race in his career not making the Norwegian walk team. <laughs> How I didn't say that, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what, what's yours? Do you have a? Uh, it's probably walk in Italy, uh, the middle, um, where um, I'd had a really good selection race, and I I beat Nick. I don't know. Were, uh, in, I thought Nick might have been taking it easy because he didn't want the middle, but I, who knows. But um, ah, that was a good race by yourself. I remember it was. I didn't like no, I did maybe Nick was a little complacent. I don't think that he was like not interested in the middle, but yeah, I think that, that he did race and maybe took it a little easier thinking he had it. But anyway, it was a yeah. good performance and it definitely justified the spot. Anyway, um, but I just remember the men were after the women, I think, and uh, I was like the sixth start for the men. And I remember starting in the start box and I remember the last woman had just finished. Uh, I could hear like the arena and I was like, they were shouting my alarm or something. Um, and uh, 
I was like, shit, now the TV is going to be focusing on the men. And here I am on the start line. And they're going to be following my whole freaking race. And that just got all in my head. Uh, and like, I had a first few good controls at the start. And then there was a control with a camera. And I was like, cool, it's going solid. And then there was just this control through the green, kind of across all these like parallel crags. And I misread one of the one of the crags as like a path, and I lost like half an hour, and I was just wandering around in circles in this green for forever, and it was just grim. <laughs> I was like seventy minutes in the middle, and I remember going to the arena, and I was like, <laughs> or at the end, Ruth and Don had said they thought I was I was injured or something. <laughs> it was just yeah, I think time. I was in the arena for that one, and there was a bit of talk of like. <laughs> Connor had probably injured himself. But, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Happens though. Tough. Um, yeah. Tough times. Tough at the top though, when you're getting to run middle finals. That's uh, true. I can't complain. Yeah. How many were how many walk races have you run, Dina? Or walk, walk races. You, let me think. Yeah, that's what I've, I was I've asking. Done... Yeah, yeah, walk races. Jesus. Okay. Um, long in the middle. So you ran Finland in. You ran the middle lessons and, and the long. Cool. So that was uh, two qualies. Yeah. Uh, Italy, I ran middle and relay. Uh, nope. Scotland, I ran middle and relay. Sweden, I ran relay. Uh, Estonia, I ran middle and relay. long and middle and relay. Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. I've lost count. <laughs> and um, then on ten. Then didn't run Latvia, and then Norway. I ran middle and relay. Does that right? Twelve races. Twelve ish. You think I've got the hang of it by now, but apparently not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just like, oh, this it's. Uh... Uh, it sounds silly now. I'm like, in my head, we both had the same wheel. You know, we were in Jay often, both in Sweden and stuff at the same time. Uh, and we've come out, and I'm still like, oh yeah, I'm competitive with Connor. Like when we're racing each other, I don't really know which way it'll go. Like sometimes I know Connor's running really, really well, and he's better than me. But other times I'd be confident too. And I'm like, I've run two walk races, and you've run twelve. <laughs> <laughs> so. I don't know. You can if you can say something about the pressure yourself. Maybe it's hitting me in selection races or something. I don't know. Uh, I guess I just peak in selection races. Interesting. <laughs> Which is yeah, like pass, I have turned down a couple of walks so when I knew I wasn't fit or I was injured and didn't really want to go and just do shite. But I like still wouldn't have been up anywhere near twelve. You've only, you've run two walk races. Yeah, yeah, just around the middle distance in Scotland and the relay in uh, Latvia. Um, yeah. Both were kind of like, well, uh, the relay was kind of clean, which was really, I don't know, yeah, kind of unfit or just really affected by the heat or what. I, I must have been pretty unfit or more so than I thought. The middle distance was also in Scotland was also just a bit meh. Yeah. <laughs> I smashed it to the first control, eh, Brad? I actually didn't. I made a minute and a half mistake. 
<laughs> but I caught my sixth minute, man. On the first control. Oh dear. That's when you yeah. when you feel the people watching your GPS track and just being like, yeah, cringing, you know. You're gonna be on fucking orange. <laughs> but funny, you, uh, you, got, you got the hang of jaywalk by your last race, so your last individual race. So that is true. A couple more races at walk. That's and true. And even the long distance that year, you were top fifty. I was forty, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was um, fit that year, having lived in Sweden for the year. You know, I was like good at orienteering, and I had was good at running. Um, maybe I should just go live in Sweden again. Yeah. I mean, probably. <laughs> Hello. I mean, not clearly like this. I think uh, we lost all Hear me? No. Yeah, we, we missed you. Oh, I just said I wish I could say the same from my Swedish experience. Came out the other end fitter and really good at orienteering. <laughs> <laughs> You did, but, uh, sorry. You definitely improved because of Sweden. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. It helped loads. Uh, I just had nothing to show for it at the time, essentially. Mm. Uh, but like the following year in 2013, I wasn't training that much and was really reaping the rewards from like a pretty big year of training in Sweden and the base that was there, and definitely technically as well. So yeah. That's me. Because the same, I definitely feel confident as like one of the more consistent or in my head better navigators in the Irish squad. And I think a lot of that is probably down to a year in Sweden. Yeah, also, yeah, maybe yeah. it's just big headedness. <laughs> probably a bit of that too. <laughs> no, but it actually, it makes it does make a huge difference for a long time. Like, um, just spending like a proper year focusing on orienteering. Like, probably yeah. even still, yeah. it's making some difference. Yeah. No. Totally agree. It's up there with like two ways to get good orienteering: move to Sweden and buy catching features. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and do both at the same time. <laughs> oh yeah, do both of them lots. <laughs> catching features genuinely helps. Oh yeah, it's so I good. I stand by that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, moving to Sweden is infinitely better but country <laughs> <Probably. yes. laughs> beaches is definitely really helpful and it'll definitely like tune you up before races there's i don't know it would be hard to argue against that i reckon um yeah but yeah i mean if you can move to scandinavia and orienteer there for a while it's incomparable yeah it's, yeah yeah i remember when we were in sweden i feel like you've uh I you at the time kind of felt like catching features was making your orienteering worse, if I'm correct in saying. Oh, now that you say that, I, that that brings back memories of something. Um, I wonder why. I think the big thing was, um, you know, when you're like I use the buttons now, but I probably didn't at the time. The like E and Q buttons on the computer to rotate your map while if you're coming out of control from an angle. You know, yeah. the catching features kind of encourages you to go straight on the compass. But if yeah. you take an around route choice, it's not that easy to take a bearing back in. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like that was kind of messing with your head a bit. Whether it was actually affecting your orienteering in races or not, I don't really know. But uh, 
I do remember you having one or two bad races and being like, oh, maybe this is the catching features. <laughs> I do remember that. Um, I, I Yeah, I remember, like, I, I still find catching features just encourages a slightly different style of orienteering than I would usually do. Um, and, like, I'm, I'm, I agree I, with that, yeah. It makes me way less likely to, it like, pick out, I don't know, I, maybe I'm just bad at catching features, but I don't look at, like, the little micro mood choices that much. Whereas I would when I'm actually orienteering, I think. Mm, fair. You're right, yeah. So I, I feel like in catching features now myself, I'm like a real believer in like the root choice and the micro root choice and trying to, if there's a, like an around option, I'm always like, yeah, I think this could be worth it. But mm. uh, I think in I'm just general, bad. I'd say that's not the style of play, even from a lot of the top people. But at the same time, the very top guys just find the best routes. And if it's around, it's around. And if it's straight, it's straight. Yeah, I think I'm just too bad at like, um, just I find the controls funny and catching features, and I find it hard to to uh, to take like around route choices if they're not straight. I'm just bad at the game. Like, yeah, fair, fair. I think that's kind of why, <laughs> like, well, for me, sprint orienting and catching features is pretty, like, it's been helpful, I reckon. And because you can't, you can't just run on the compass, so you have to actually. Yeah, you have to the reach. Yeah. Oh, like the if you're good at forest orienteering and catching features, you'll be good at forest orienteering in real life, I reckon, at reading the map anyway. But if you're good at sprint orienteering and catching features, fuck me, it'll make you a technical god at sprint orienteering in real life because yeah. yeah. it's so hard to plan ahead and catching features and keep track of turns and stuff while you're reading the map because the map's all up in your face and shit. Uh, so if you get good at that and planning ahead in sprint and catching features, you're going to be really good at sprint in real life. There's definitely no doubt about that, I reckon. Obviously, this is excluding the whole physical side. But <laughs> yeah. apart from that. We're almost an hour in, and like including your intro music, we probably are pretty much at an hour in. And we've yet to ask the big one. Ooh. Here it comes. On your ukulele. Aha. Um, I'll get my Excel spreadsheet out, will I? Um, <laughs> Yes, I say it, please. It, we want to know who's running what leg as well. Yeah. Um, I'm putting Roar on last leg is where I'll start. Woohoo. I think I'm putting you, Column, on third leg. And oh, nice. Me... Yeah. You, you do well last two. Uh-huh. I think I put me on second leg. And I think, like, if we needed to, we could probably eat enough to swap me and you. And also probably swap. No, I like Roar being last because... Um, he's just going to have like the same run whether he's on the you know third leg or the seventh leg so it's like the people don't matter as much to him whereas I feel like you'll yep, take if there are people around you'll take more you'll take more advantage of that um, ah yes I get where you're coming from see I actually can you hear me alright because it says poor yeah I can hear you yeah I'd be a little on the opposite end in the sense that I agree. I'll probably benefit more from more people. Like I'll definitely benefit more from first leg than say Roar will, because yeah. he's just consistent navigator, and I probably have more ability to try and hang on to people. But uh, I also feel like Roar's consistent navigation is quite beneficial at night in general. So that would lead me towards uh, him on the likes of Land Knight. Except, but uh, it's during the day. yes, <laughs> yeah, fair. So I uh, definitely see where you're coming from. So yeah, keep plowing on. 
And I, I'm feeling if Owen's running and if Owen's fit, I think Owen press leg. Um, Niall's not going to like that. He's not, but <laughs> 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 he's had a chance. No. Um, um, I think Niall's still in the team, but where he's going, I'm not sure. So we have Owen, Connor, Colum. Which which are the two short legs again? Is it five and six? And Roar. Uh, and yeah, so, uh, four and five are the short ones. How long is six again? Six. I mean, it's usually 11k, I will say, but it's uh, uh, it's it's like 10 minutes shorter it's than probably the like third seven. least important leg in a sense. That like, yeah, okay. it's similar length to leg two, but it's not as early, so there's less people. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's even a little shorter than that, and maybe, maybe even similar to leg one, but it's kind of like one, leg two comparable. I'm kind of thinking Niall on six then, and I think Connell has been running well. Although I don't know what the fuck he'd do if you stick him out in a finished forest, but um, I I might put Connell on like four or five, and then maybe probably Kev, maybe Mark. Not sure if you've seen, Clean's been throwing down 80 kilometers. a week. has been running well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe he'll... Uh, well, you have decisions to make, Connor. I do, shit. I'm go- okay, I'm going Owen, Connor, Colum, um, uh, for one, two, three, and then we'll go... Nile on six, row on seven, and then it's just... I'll put Connell on... Oh, but would Connell be better than... A fit Colleen at Orientier. You gotta take the fitness thing into account, though. We don't, or we do. I think you do, like. Like their current fitness or their potential fitness. Their potential. We're talking Eucala twenty twenty one. I think I think Colleen might make <laughs> this it. This is this is Brad making a case for himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, going off current training, I think Brad is not on the team. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> I'm going to go clean then. See what happens. Clean on four or five, and the other one. Oof. I think I have to stick with Kev. Sorry, Connell. Yeah, let's go with that. Owen, Connor, Colum. Um, clean, Kev, Nile Roar. Okay, very good. Um, yeah, tough break for Connell. He 22nd in the middle qualification at uh, JWAC 2018. But oh, uh, was that no, it was hungry. It wasn't, it was hungry. I was actually looking it up because I was like, shit, I think that wasn't Finland. <laughs> but it was hungry. It was hungry. If I remember correctly, too, the, the qualification in Finland wasn't the, uh, the hardest. It certainly wasn't your typical finish. Not that Ukulele is either, in fairness. Ukulele That's true. pretty much just follow the motorway. Um, oh, however, people yeah. still get it wrong all the time. Like I threw out yeah. a lot of Irish people to just follow motorway last year, and they still couldn't manage it. <laughs> you have to follow the right motorway. <laughs> no, that's not true. I was as bad as many. Uh, yeah. Anyway, very interesting. The team is there. Um, we're gonna push you a little bit further too, and ask you for your Venla team. Oh fuck. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Okay, who are my people even? Um, who was the um, you, Will I name them for you? Sure, I'll write them down. <laughs> I'll, uh, uh, so we have Maeve Perkins, Emer Perkins, Aiden McAvena, 
Clara May- Morin. 18. Oh, yeah. I can go slower. Sorry. <laughs> Close. Maeve, Emer, 18. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Regina. Gina. Neil Corbett. Yeah. Uh, Aoife McAvanagh. Roisin Long. Cleaner McCullough. I'm not certain that all these eight, to be honest, are on the, or all these nine are in the email list. But I, uh, think, I did have a look at it the other day. I do, I think, do think most of them are there anyway. Yeah, I think so too. I think Ethan maybe isn't, but well, uh, if everybody's going, should go. Well, actually, maybe Ethan is there. Somebody isn't, but we're telling them they're coming. Hmm. Maybe. This is interesting. Uh, I think Neve is on anyway. Um. Aoife and Roisin were at walk. Shit, I'm not totally sure how, how they're all comparing to each other at the moment. Um, the girls team is arguably harder to pick than the men. Yeah, it is. Because really I think is. you could pick really quite a lot of them. <laughs> uh, but it's good to have a guy choose it so that, you know, we split them from just picking their mates. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think Niamh, Aoife, and Roisin are on um, possibly because they, they I know they all ran it relay result ever 14th at uh, Jaywalk 2015 what was that? that those team? three members have the best Jaywalk yeah Solid. so they have the experience they, they know how to relay and I think probably um Ooh, who is that last leg? Or not last leg, but last member. Uh, I don't know. Emer, Aiden, or Club? I don't really know. Uh, let's put... Let's put Emer on. Very good. We have a decision. <laughs> sure. I do agree that is a tough one to decide on as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're good to get one out of you. <laughs> it's an answer anyway that's why we have selection oh, rates yep. so you don't have to make awful decisions like that exactly exactly well to be fair I don't even know Like maybe the girls just want to set up their own separate teams and not run for dumb mountain club that's but true. Uh, if they do want to we have selection races <laughs> uh, yeah we'll hope so we'll hope so live by the sword die by it I guess um, yeah, the kind of coming back to what we were saying in terms of like the style of orienteering and stuff, I wanted to ask you about your philosophy, but I feel like with you, I can ask you a bit more about your orienteering philosophy than your like training philosophy. Although if you would like to go through, yeah, I don't know. Um, well, I do know what I might think for myself, but you know what I mean? Do I? What do you mean? What do you, what do you mean by orienteering philosophy? <laughs> Uh, like okay. how to orienteer so, well? I guess so. Um, like maybe how would you describe your style of orienteering and the things that are important to you in it? Um, ah, um, I'm not sure if you get me, but I think the key thing is is like practice, and it doesn't matter 
what terrain you're in, just doing some orienteering to get your basics down. Um, and your basics being like, uh, you know, running fast out of the controls, running in the right direction out of the controls, slowing down as you come into the controls, um, good visualization of the features like around the controls, that kind of stuff. Um, and then like adapting to terrain and going around if you need to go around or going up and over hills if you think that's better. Uh, hmm. But yeah, for me, it's just like doing orienteering. <laughs> it's just a practice. And I, I guess for, for me, the, the sort of basic stuff was like, I guess I learned it pretty young. And it comes mostly subconsciously, which is kind of probably now a bad thing because I don't think about it that much anymore. And it probably there are probably areas I could improve on, um, like in those basics. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. Um, but yeah, generally just do more orienteering to get good at orienteering. It seems to work. Fair. So, yeah, yeah. Your your message would be like try and hone down the basics by doing lots of orienteering. Yeah, and, and then like, do like a training camp in the terrain. Even like a few weeks beforehand. I don't. I think a week, just the week before a big race is too soon. Like because you can't go and you can't go out at race pace. I think you do need to be doing it, um, like a few, few maybe a few months. If you can't do a few months, like leave at least a week in between your your training and your and the big races, so that you can just kind of chill. And yeah, maybe do some like really easy training. But you want to be doing. Uh, race-based training in the terrain like not too long before the but also not too close to the race <laughs> yeah yeah totally agree in my head like the optimal is like having done you know been to the terrain a number of times in advance doing like a almost like a two or three week camp in the terrain yeah the month before and then having like two weeks off before the championships or like yeah. where you can still go ahead and orient here but it's all easy and you're pretty much just tapering those two weeks to get feel good and still get kind of map contact in your head a bit but it's all chill not that much orienting yeah like but, you, get it, you get your skills like sharp and then you just keep them sharp for the, like the two weeks up until the race yeah yeah exactly but obviously like it's hard to have the time to be able to spend a few weeks exactly that stuff and then take a couple of weeks off and then come back or whatever. But um, it is interesting though that like a lot of the top teams will just rock up a few days before the championship and like. And like we've done that, we've done that for Jaywalks and all kinds of stuff. Um, and I think it's just, it's just too soon. Or, sorry, it's just too close. Like, you. They won't be doing. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, did we overlap there? No, I was just listening to you. Oh, okay. Have we lost Brad? I know I'm, I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I agree with you in the sense that um, if like go, rocking up the week before doing a week of training and then running the race, it's just way too soon. It's tiring yeah. and you need to get a lot of it in. So you have, kind of have to tire yourself out, which is clearly just not an optimal. No. Um, no. But at the same time, at like walk these days and stuff, I've been surprised to see like uh top countries just arrive like two or three days before the championships and just go straight to the models and then race and obviously they yeah, but they'll have, they'll the have terrain done. beforehand 
Yeah. yeah. But it still surprised me because I would still imagine in my head I would still want to arrive like a week, a week and a half before and do a few easy ones, one or two medium pace to like just refresh. Even if I'd been there a month before and done loads of training, I'd, I'd want to get back into that, I feel like. But they're all happy to work up two or three days before and they're all, they all still do it well. So there's probably don't a need mental to have thing that last well. minute refreshing. There's probably yeah, a thing right there. When you're, when you're like, um, when you're like in the area, when you're sitting in your accommodation, it's just you feel a little bit of tension going up to the races, even if it's like a week out. Whereas if you're kind of chilling at home, you just still feel like you're at home, and it's probably like more relaxing mentally to take a week completely off, off the stress of it, off thinking about it. I kind of like the the tension and being in like in the walk environment or the like jaywalk environment the week before because it like gets you more hyped for the competitions, you know. Yeah, but I guess yeah. it would be different, like, if you feel like, um, like the big races are too nerve-wracking or whatever, I totally get that, like, you might want to relax just before, you know? Yeah, yeah. Brad's content with his South African BMT. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not optimal. I mean, like, <laughs> like well, Matt, Matt Ogden in 2012... That was pretty impressive. Like, I don't know how long he spent in Slovakia, or I think he was there for like two weeks before. Jay Yeah, yeah. I'd say you're about right. But that's also years, years of orienteering, and I mean, New Zealand's orienteering is pretty solid, and that's yeah, also just loads of experience at all the other jaywalks and european orienteering in general so it's not it's not really just like two weeks and then running the competition yeah yeah it's never really that yeah yeah no the thing about new zealand which actually surprised me is that like i actually kind of disagree in that they don't have great orienteering they have some class areas uh but they don't have much like good orienteering easily accessible. They, yeah, um, they don't. So like you're not that. like going doing regular good orienteering sessions. They can fly up to somewhere or like you live in Wellington, maybe it's only a couple of hours drive to some decent maps. But like for example, now Matt lives in Nelson. There's not an awful lot there. I don't think that there's an awful lot around Auckland, or there's definitely not lots around Christchurch. In Auckland, but, they had I think they had like a good training group, and they used to go up to um, you know Woodhill. Yeah, we were catching features on there the last the other week, um, which is like a really there's lots of that and it's really nice terrain, um. But yeah, apart from that, there isn't all oh, that fair. much. Yeah, fair enough. But the, I think that's it. Like, is for them, it's really they have a good group and they get the physical or like they probably get a bit of orienteering done, but not the highest quality, and then they get some weekends of high quality orienteering, which like. Should be totally doable for Irish people too, because yeah, you know we have we have good group to get physical stuff done, and we have well, better access to high quality orienteering because it's so easy to get a two hour flight, you know, and they're probably driving a few hours, like potentially more than we would be to fly, uh, to get to these good areas, but yeah. here they are just crushing us. <laughs> So there's something something they're doing something right, that's for sure. Now, yeah, because yeah, year after year, like when you think back, you're like, Matt got that gold in 2012. 
Well, following on from that, you would have had like Tim Robertson got his bronze and two golds in the sprint. Nick Khan came good and got like a fifth place, maybe. Mm. Uh, Tommy Hayes got silver. Seamus, Seamus Morrison, Morrison got a uh, to- couple of top tens. Like, yeah. Uh, and like, we've definitely missed people, I reckon, in that, in that list. Yeah, definitely. And that yeah. is like the, the group. Even the. I think. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right, to be honest. Even the year before, Matt got his gold. In 2011, they had Matt, Gene Beveridge, and Toby Scott on the relay team. And they were in, like, I don't remember, but they were in, like, top five after two legs. I remember being like, shit, this team could, like, properly come top six. And at the time, I didn't really know who they were. Yeah. I think I think the same so, thing, kind of thing happened in Spain, too. Like, before Antonio and Andreu, they had like they had a good group of um, juniors like the year before who were kind of like a final like cusp a final, but they were older and Antonio and Andreu were like racing against these guys, and they like they could so they lifted the level and then Antonio and Andreu could lift it like another level. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. And do you feel like there's been a good group kind of kick on since then of like Spain competing in the junior years to follow? Um, I don't know. I don't think there has been, to be honest, after Andre and yeah, Antonio. The dream is always that like if Ireland did get that, like a couple of people coming out with top 10s and top 20s in a couple of years, just a good group. Then the follow-on years would have that like glory effect of juniors being somewhat inspired and somewhat more focused. Yeah. But who knows whether it would actually happen or not. Sounds like maybe not. Oh well. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any best trips, uh, Connor, that you would like to uh, reminisce upon? Oh, he, like you and Owen were talking about it. The fucking summer of 2014. Um, good times. Oh, and it was, we went to Trondheim. Yes, from, good times. Um, didn't we? From Uwak. We did, yeah. We got the train I thought about like that when I was listening to it again afterwards. Yeah, so it was non-stop Trump. party, that one. It was. Uh, <laughs> what else has been good? Um, I should mention, too, on that trip, we did go through... We uh, on the way to Oering and we went through Copenhagen. I'm not going to say did. any more than that. <laughs> that was a <laughs> that was a bit of a shit one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't like to look back. <laughs> Do you know what was a sweet trip actually? Um, Remember when it was just me, you, and Colleen hanging out in France. Oh yeah, that yeah, was great. Yeah, 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 that was really good. Yeah. We did a lot of orienteering and then just chilling and I don't know, graffiti in the house and yeah, a bit of drinking. Like we that. didn't even do. I swear we didn't even do really drink until Emily arrived, and then she was like, "Well, are we drinking or what?" Did we? Did we go? No, did we? Did we? The three of us went into town one night, didn't we? And then we, the four of us went in a different night. Oh, actually, I think you're right. And we had to fucking yeah, run home. Both times, eh? <laughs> Good times. Yeah, no, you're probably right there. Actually, 
that makes more sense then because when Emily arrived, it was probably like, I think she went, well, are we going to drink it or what? And we were like, oh, well, we didn't really know. Like, what's <laughs> yeah. your story? Would you be cute? She's actually that's not that's really really planned anything. And, but we had gone, yeah. And she was obviously keen. So we were like, all right, we're keen. <laughs> <laughs> Always keen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but no, that was it. That was a good trip, even if it was just training and not even like serious or organized training. Yeah, just stumbled upon an OCAD and got out into some maps. Yeah, we found the OCAD on the ground somewhere, didn't we? Yeah, that was really convenient. <laughs> <laughs> were, you, um, were you there when um, someone got arrested and jailed on the Eucula boat? Aha, uh, Jens, yes. The the tradition of the trip, the chair throwing. Um, I didn't see him get arrested. I I don't know if I helped him throw chairs. I watched anyway. I like to think I could actually do it. Who knows? Um, you don't remember. I don't remember. That's a bad sign, to be honest. <laughs> um, and then we were hanging out for a bit, and then I went like wandering off, as you do on the U-Club up. Uh, and then I, I didn't see him again. And the next I heard from me, he had been put in jail. I want to clarify something that Owen said, actually. Uh, I did not tell the DO people that it was a tradition to throw chairs off. I told them that I was told that it was a tradition. I did not encourage it the next year at all. I only told the story. <laughs> that was enough, Donnie. The seed was planted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah no, that sounds pretty accurate. Um, that was a good group we had that the uh, trip. That was good, eh? Hello. <laughs> Have you guys fucking lost me again? Yeah, we lost you for a bit. Oh yeah, I was just saying it was a nice trip going back through Hasbury, and I think we went up to where did you call it? Delarna was it? Fallon maybe for midsummer? I can't remember. Left I, left hands, I left early for some reason. Oh, fair. Oh, I think I went to some I remember some having birthday. good conversations with Kyle and Roz just about like them growing up and like oh. living like together after college in like Kyle's parents' house and like working two jobs or something to save up and move to Sweden. I don't really remember the details, to be honest. Uh, oh. Yeah, but it was good times. Yeah. Ross had, I feel like, quite rightly given out to me on the Euclid boat too. I remember that. Uh, for the for the yeah. bin thing. The the chair, yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. I remember going. Yeah, you study engineering, you should be a logical person. And I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, I, I was like, I like, I was like, yeah, I agree. It was just stupid. I, I don't know if engineering's connected, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I certainly wasn't alone in the act, but no, never are. She couldn't do that on your own. God no. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't remember who was involved in the bin. I don't think I was involved in that now. Uh. uh oh, you think I, I was? Do you? I have a memory of 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 um. Uh, a certain Cambridgean. 
I mean, I do remember him being involved in that for sure. Uh, Who's that? Yeah. <laughs> James Haynes. Yeah. <laughs> May as well name him Tim. Uh, yeah, I definitely threw. Yeah, maybe I did throw him in. Fuck, who knows? You yeah. can remember 20... when. Sorry. Nuclear 2021, we throw the person who does, like, who runs the worst, we throw them over. Oh, God. Uh, dude, this story never should have been retold. No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember now, and I won't go naming names, but I remember who the two people were. Uh, in Edinburgh, uh, I'd say it was probably that year. Uh, so 2014. I'm not certain if it was 2014, but it was, I had, for whatever reason, I wasn't able to convince Lawrence or Colleen to come um, for the big weekend in January, but there was a DUO group going, so I went to the DUO guys, as usual, Yeah. and the end of the Saturday night, we were walking in, oh no, maybe UCDO people weren't, was Conor O'Keefe there? We've lost him. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell, it's tough here with this internet. Uh, <laughs> you just said, yeah, uh, so the, maybe UCD people were there. Yeah, yeah. So UCD people must have been there because Connor O'Keefe was there. But I think uh, I think it was just Connor O'Keefe because I remember we all stayed in the same room. Um. So you reckon uh, Lawrence and Kaleem weren't there? Yeah, you could be right to be honest. I don't think they were there. I think it was like you and Conor O'Keefe and then a whole other duo. Oh, fair. Fair, fair. Anyway, I remember we were walking down the street, basically, and one Trinity and one UCD person, and I wasn't the UCD person, um, <laughs> tried to pick up a motorbike and throw it down an alleyway of steps. <laughs> oh, and, shit, yeah. And the police uh, came by as they were picking up this motorbike. And... Uh, <laughs> The two lads saw the police coming and were like, they just like put the motorbike down and were like scatter and legged it. And, uh, <laughs> and like, could have been you, Connor. I don't know. It was like, me and somebody else had just been walking and they were like, lads, what are you doing? And they were like, oh, fuck, like, sorry about them. And they were like, <laughs> look, just keep them in check. And they just left us go. And we were like, that was pretty sad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know if I was... I remember hearing about it, but I don't think I was involved in that. In either the picking up or the being told to keep them in check. Yeah, you might not have been there. I don't remember who. I remember just, like, seeing the lads pick this up and, like, I mean, it was pretty big. Like, they weren't going anywhere with it. And, you know, they got, like, probably 10 centimetres. And okay, me right. being in my head, like, I don't even have to act on this because they're just... They're not going anywhere. Uh, and... I mean, there's no way we would have let them throw it down and watch it, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, they didn't get close anyway. And then they saw the police. So yeah, I'm a bit like we probably shouldn't be telling these stories <laughs> into the public realm. But I'm also like, like fuck it. If we were in the pub having a few pints, we would tell them. Yeah, so that's the point should we really podcast, filter right? ourselves as well? I guess. Should yeah. we talk back, talk about Copenhagen then? <laughs> that's that's enough. <laughs> it's only so deep. Uh, Every time Colin cuts out, it's just 
it's just us blanking out parts of the stories that we can't we can't share <laughs> we say the podcast isn't edited but really it's just blanking out parts of stories now <laughs> did we lose them again have we questions now we did we did lose them hello 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 <laughs> Cool, nice so that was back. the Copenhagen story. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, it was, it was good, one, wasn't it? Can't believe I just <laughs> shared that into the public. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> good times. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm actually kind of through most of my questions. Um, I can always fish out more as much as I need. But uh, yeah, did you have anything else you want to ask Brother Adley? Not. That's that's pretty much it. Anything you wanted to speak on, Connor? Um, <laughs> global issues lingering in the back of your head, and you want to take this opportunity to address the public. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I was thinking about talking about eating in the Starbucks, but uh, no, I think it's a global it's, issue. <laughs> Fair, fair. Yeah, I think we've covered some good stories. This is yeah, yeah. probably still going to be one of the longer episodes. Um, yeah, and more stories that I shouldn't be telling out into the open. There they are now. So here we are. Cheers for having me on. Good times. Cheers for coming along. Sure. Yeah. Made it eventually. Eventually, we got a hangover. <laughs> 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 Tough man to get a hold of. <laughs> uh, yeah, we still have more people now. Uh, yeah, still have quite a few more people with the potential to interview. So, you have a list. I don't know what the future of this podcast holds. No, nah, just a mental list. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but yeah, the future is still it's still going anyway. So, if it will end, who knows? Maybe the fans will get back. I should say actually, we've we've gotten up to two requests from the fans for footage of my van we had oh. made Perkins early on yeah. and Owen McCullough responded recently um, <laughs> so we're nearly at video time oh yeah like like YouTube podcasts that'd be cool yeah I mean well, I don't think we do YouTube podcasts I'd probably post <laughs> 10 <second> clip <laughs> uh, yeah cool all right. One last one before you go, uh, oh. Connor. Who do you think? Uh, who do you think is well? Oh, kind of two separate ones. Who's going to be the next one in Irish orienteering to like step up and start challenging Nick? Oh, shit. Um, that's really hard to say. It like there's so many like variables. It could be it could be you. It could be me. Johnny has. Um, I don't know. Johnny might be popping up there in a couple of years. He's keen. Oh, you reckon? Oh, interesting. Um, it, it could it could be Roar if he sorts his knee out and gets um, like he's getting quicker and quicker. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Then. Oh, that's Fair yeah, there's an unanswered, but, <laughs> but that's my answer. Go with it. 
related then is there any junior up-and-comer that you want to be like yeah that person's gonna be good oh that is tough because i am oh i haven't been looking at the juniors enough really that's fair enough am i looking at another non-answer or this is thought process uh, it's a bit of thought process but i think it's going to be a non-answer because i don't <laughs> think i know enough to say um Dara Hoare is running well, and Liam Cotter is running well as well. Or is it Liam? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say they're both fair, fair shares earlier days, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. That's I don't know. I need to to be paying more yeah. attention. Cool. To give a good shout. Cool, cool. Righty. Well, I guess we'll leave you go there. Uh, cool. Two little extra bones at the end for any listeners who lasted the extra few minutes yeah I wasn't expecting uh, <laughs> neither was I <laughs> uh, yeah alright boys it's been a pleasure have yeah, a good has. one and uh, that's it for this week John, see you what do you want from me why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Why aren't you scared of me? Why do you care for me? When we all fall asleep, where do we go? Come here. Say it, spit it out. What is it exactly? Your pain is the amount cleaning you out. Am I satisfactory? Today I'm thinking about the things that are deadly. The way I'm drinking you down like I want to drown, like I want to end me. Step on the glass, staple your tongue. Uh, bury a friend, try to wake up. Uh, cannibal class, killing the sun. Uh, bury a friend, I want to end me. you expected me to make you my art and make you a star and get you connected i'll meet you in the park i'll be calm and collected but we knew right from the start that you'd fall apart because i'm too expensive you talk would be something that shouldn't be said out loud honestly i thought that i would be dead by now calling security keeping my head held down bury the hatchet or bury your friend right now so much so cause i can't say no no i can't say no then my limbs are frozen my eyes won't close and i can't say no i can't say no careful step on the glass staple your tongue uh, bury a friend try to wake up I want to
sleep, where do we go?